This is a Federal News Network podcast. Coming up on today's Federal Newscast, the Army is creating a new integrated program office to bring all of its zero-trust pursuits under one roof. GAO tells GSA it's got a real problem selling real estate efficiently. And Senate inaction causes a top OMB vacancy to remain unfilled, going on five years. Those stories and more in today's Federal Newscast. October 12th, 2022. Welcome to today's episode of the Federal Newscast. I'm Peter Masurlian. The Army is creating a new integrated program office to bring all of its zero trust pursuits under one roof. Zero trust is a cybersecurity approach that continuously validates access at every stage of a digital interaction. Officials say the goal is to make sure there's a single organization to keep tabs on how the Army is implementing the 90 different capabilities in DOD's Zero Trust Reference Architecture. The new office will also help make sure the Army has the right funding in each of the programs that are contributing to its Zero Trust implementation. A long-term vacancy at the Office of Management and Budget will remain unfilled for longer than expected. President Joe Biden is withdrawing his nomination for former HUD Chief of Staff Laurel Blatchford to serve as OMB controller. The position sets financial management policy for the entire federal government and has been vacant for more than five years. The Senate Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee advanced Blatchford's nomination last December, but it failed to receive a Senate floor vote. The Army can hire internally pretty well for software developers and data engineers, but it still relies heavily on the private sector for one job title in particular. Federal News Network's Drew Friedman has more. Data scientists in the Army still come largely from industry partners, but that may not be the case for the long term. Here's Army Forces Command Chief Data Officer Jock Paget. What I do see happening over the course of several years is that scale will end up balancing itself out to some degree. Paget says the Army is looking to do more internal upskilling, training, and recruiting in the near future for data scientists while also working to maintain current industry partnerships. Drew Friedman, Federal News Network. The Defense Counterintelligence and Security Agency, or DCSA, says it's met the 2% goal for hiring people with targeted disabilities for two years in a row. The objective is set by the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. DCSA says it's already on track to meet or exceed the goal again for fiscal 2023. Targeted disabilities include blindness, deafness, significant mobility impairments, and other disabilities identified by the EEOC for special emphasis in federal recruiting and hiring. Homeland Security agencies are moving forward with the use of facial recognition to verify traveler identity. Federal News Network's Justin Doubleday reports. The Transportation Security Administration is looking to grow a facial recognition pilot program. TSA is currently testing out a Customs and Border Protection-run facial recognition database at airports in Atlanta and Detroit. The agency is now considering whether to expand that system to more locations. The pilot is limited to TSA pre-check and global entry passengers who opt into using facial recognition. 
but TSA and CBP want to expand the use of biometrics and other technologies to advance what they call a touchless curb-to-gate experience at airports. Justin Doubleday, Federal News Network. A federal judge rules on one of the last lawsuits over the Postal Service's handling of 2020 election mail. Federal News Network's Jory Heckman has more. A federal judge last week ruled the USPS policy changes, including a decision by Postmaster General Lewis DeJoy to limit late and extra truck trips between mail processing plants and post offices, were the primary factor that reduced mail service ahead of the 2020 election. The U.S. District Court for the District of Columbia finds USPS executives were aware of the connection between a decrease in service performance and efforts to reduce late and extra trips nationwide. A recent USPS Inspector General report says the agency is generally ready for its election mail workload this November. Jory Heckman, Federal News Network. The American Federation of Government Employees has filed an unfair labor practice charge against the National Park Service. The union says NPS violated federal labor law by not stopping a manager from trying to decertify the Blue Ridge Parkway local union. Typically, the Federal Labor Relations Authority says decertification cannot happen within a year of forming a new chapter. But this particular situation is unprecedented. The creation of the union chapter in this case comes from a merger of two former local unions rather than coming from a new chapter. Continued challenges around accessibility prompts a third letter from concerned senators. Federal News Network's Jason Miller tells us more. The General Services Administration is the latest agency to feel the pressure from two powerful Senate committees around Section 508. The Senate Special Committee on Aging and the Senate Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee wrote to GSA Administrator Robin Carnahan seeking data and details about the agency's efforts to monitor federal accessibility compliance. The Committee on Aging sent similar but more directed letters to the Departments of Justice and Veterans Affairs earlier this summer. GSA has until November 14th to respond to the committees. Jason Miller, Federal News Network. Small business vendors bidding on Phase 2 of the Homeland Security Department's IT products contract have a new due date. DHS says companies who made it to the second round of bidding for the first Source 3 contract must get their best and final offers in by November 7th. Contractors can also submit questions about Phase 2 to DHS by October 19th. DHS has now delayed final bids for Phase 2 of First Source 3 five times since August. The third version of First Source has a $10 billion ceiling over 10 years for assorted IT products and related services. After receiving community feedback, the EPA adds more information about U.S. territories to its environmental justice mapping tool known as EJScreen. The updated tool now includes environmental, demographic, and index data for U.S. territories like Guam and American Samoa. The tool will also feature a new data set, which will provide perspectives on community vulnerability based on factors like low income and unemployment. The EPA says that the enhancements will enable EJ screen users to better identify susceptible populations facing higher pollution burdens. With a record of taking longer than expected to dispose of unneeded government property, a report from the Government Accountability Office says GSA needs to incorporate lessons learned from past sales to make the process more efficient. A 2016 law established a three-round process for disposing of government real property, but the 10 properties marked for sale in 2019 took almost two years to sell. Proceeds from the first round are used to fund the next round of preparing the buildings for sale. The lack of timely sales proceeds from the first round 
limited the scope of the second round. The Biden administration is seeking industry feedback on technologies to eliminate the carbon footprint of federal buildings. The General Services Administration and Energy Department have issued a request for information looking at how technology can make federal buildings more energy efficient, reduce emissions, and support the charging of electric vehicles. The administration is looking to reach net zero carbon emissions across all federal operations by 2050. To support that goal, the Inflation Reduction Act allocated more than $3 billion in low carbon materials for federal construction projects. Find these stories at federalnewsnetwork.com. For the Federal Newscast of Wednesday, October 12, 2022, I'm Peter Masurlian. Reconnect with a carpool or vanpool. Even if you're commuting just a few days a week, Commuter Connections can match you with others that live and work near or at the same place as you. Prefer taking the bus or train? There's never been a better time to reconnect with transit. Plus, you have the added comfort of knowing Guaranteed Ride Home is there for any unexpected emergency for free. For more options, visit commuterconnections.org or call 1-800-745-RIDE. Some restrictions apply.